Hey, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) What kind of beginning is that? Oh, boy. It's a hot one because this is a new uh, episode of the Flophouse. Ah, French champagne. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. You're listening to a podcast right now. I hope that's not a surprise to you. You're listening to an episode of The Flophouse. This is one of our mini episodes. Normally, we watch a bad movie and talk about it. But this week, oh boy, we are not doing that at all. This week, we are doing one of our mini episodes, which is going to be shorter than our normal episodes, but not by that much. Or maybe by a lot. We'll find out. The uh... Wow, getting bogged down right out of the gate. <laughs> that's why they call him. make fun of me for it. That's, uh, what, that's Elliot, why they call but... him base cover Wellington. Got to cover every base. <laughs> every base. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I want to be safe. So mm-hmm. uh, this episode is... I mean, they just... Okay, go nope. on. All those base are belong to Stuart now. Uh-huh. Anyway, Stuart, continue. Mm. So uh, this episode's going to fall right at the end of the Max Fun Drive. And that is the one time a year where uh, our show and the other shows on the Maximum Fun Network uh, come to you, our listeners, and ask for your support. Um, and the drive just wrapped up, but if you are interested in supporting our show, uh, by either doing a monthly, uh, membership or by upgrading your membership or by boosting your membership, you can go to maximumfund.org slash join and still get in on, on all the good stuff, which is prizes, yeah. uh, pins, tons of bonus content where we do even, well, probably more, uh, like more coherent stuff than what this episode's going to be. Yeah, if if you're a fan of the messiest intros in podcasting, then please give to maximumfun.org/join. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, uh I guess yes, now I feel bad. Uh should we just do this whole <laughs> thing over again? Uh nope, Jordan just let it ride. Let's just roll it. Um so thanks again. Thank you for your support. Um and in honor of that support, I have uh, I have recently gone on to Twitter and asked mm. our uh, the people that follow me and I'm guessing anybody who retweeted me I think that's how Twitter works uh, to give us some ideas of topics and turn this into one of those big old letter bags but this is not a letter bag where we get normal letters no 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 these are short electronic letters so Elliot when you sing this letter song that I know you've mm-hmm. got prepped mm-hmm. make sure that it's like kind of electronic-y sounding. I was exactly what we were on the same page here. Short atronic letters. Beep, boop, boo. They're short atronic letters. Beep, boop, boo. They're not big letters. Beep, boop, boo. They're pretty, pretty short. Boop, 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 boop. Pretty, pretty short. Boop, 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 boop. And they're electronic. Bow. I was going for kind of a Thomas Dolby Craftworks kind of feel with that. Yeah, and I think we found your genre because that was the most musical I think one of these songs has been. Yeah. To be honest, I love electronic sounds, love electronic sounding yeah. music. There's a reason that uh, I'm a big fan of uh, Sparks' disco-inspired uh-huh. album, uh, Number One Song in Heaven, or just Number One in Heaven, I guess, is the album. And it's because there's a lot of those electronic beats in it. So there you go. Uh, that song is just about as danceable and as kind of an off-the-wall choice as any of the songs that would play in the Bada Bing in an episode of The Sopranos, where you're like, <laughs> I guess they're wow, going to dance in this you. song. High praise indeed. Yeah. <laughs> you're welcome. So uh, let's... So uh, without further ado, boop, 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 let's get on to boop, boop. Boop, boop. Those electronic letters. Yep. They're short. So I was asking for topics and or questions for us to, uh, mm. questions for the peaches. That's us. Three peaches. That's us. Uh, oh. <laughs> and this first question is from, uh, from at Ed Miller 18. If serial mascots entered a tournament of Mortal Kombat, uh, this is appropriate because okay. we have in a couple of, a couple of weeks, we're going to be talking about Mortal Kombat, the movie. Uh, mm-hmm. With the prize of this Mortal Kombat being the continued freedom of their realm, I'm guessing whatever realm the serial mascot comes from, uh, which serial mascot would likely prevail? This is a this, good question. This is a very good question because there's a lot of, I mean, you've got a number of monsters that are fighting this. You've got a total, tiger. Total dark universe this. energy coming off of them, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and all, like, is this is this one-on-one combat? Because you have a, a captain, a seafaring man, with a whole armada at his disposal. Guys, I just realized, I haven't looked. Did somebody do a drawing of the monster serial mascots, like Ch- Count Chocula and all them, standing serious, like in those dark dark universe uh, publicity I photos? Mean, probably. <laughs> I mean, I have to assume that's happened. I don't know why it wouldn't. Uh, 
because it's also like for Cookie Crisp, would it be the police officer, the dog, or the crook? It's a team. That would be the, com- the com- you think it's a tag team yeah. or an all at the same time team? Yeah, I think it's all, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're getting, yeah, you're getting all of them, I think, when you pick Cookie Crisp. Whereas yeah. when you have, uh, what's what's the Fruit Loops guy? Uh, it's Toucan Sam. Toucan <laughs> Sam. I mean, you got uh, your sugar bear. Yeah. That's a bear. Uh-huh. Good things come in them, <laughs> but, then you but got, can they fight? Uh, you got the Lucky Charms Leprechaun, and we know from the Leprechaun movies that that is not to be sneezed at. And the Trix Rabbit, yeah. who of course has been driven mad by years of having Trix denied him yeah. by children. By children, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think the I I think that for that very reason, though, we can discount the Trix Rabbit, or I, I, I at least I would discount the Trix Rabbit because uh, I just I don't think that he has a. Let's call it a history of success. Okay, you know? that's fair. Like his track record is not his tricks record. Yeah, it's pretty mm-hmm. poor. What about like uh, the cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs bird? He's got a big Harley Quinn energy going on. Yes, yeah, that's very yeah. true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the I don't. And Mikey likes it from the Life commercial. He's, I don't know if I'd call that a serial human, mascot. He's a human being. <laughs> so that's a human yes, child. He already got blow, blown up in Vietnam. Oh, so. No, no, Dan, that's, that's an urban legend. He died when he, he drank Coke with Pop Rocks in his mouth. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Scientific fact. It's in his biography. Uh, I think, uh, to, to answer the question seriously, I think, and this is going to sound counterintuitive at first, I'm going to say the Quaker Oats Quaker. You think mm. at first he's a Quaker, he's a man of peace, he's taken mm-hmm. a vow of pacifism and nonviolence. Yep. But it's going to be one of those stories where when he sees the destruction wrought on his village where this Mortal Kombat competition is taking place, he's going to have to roll up his sleeves, reveal those big burly arms from all the plowing that he does, and he's just going to have to he's going to have to break the most basic rule, thou shalt not kill, in order to keep his family safe. And he's played by Mel Gibson. Oh. Maybe Liam Neeson. Uh, uh, what if they were together and they were called Liam Gibbs names? No, oh, man, I don't know. <laughs> uh, I think I'm going to go with the leprechaun. Um, I, you know, uh, he's got magical powers. A lot of uh-huh. them have magical powers, but you know, you got the snap, crackle, pop elves. Uh, their power just seems to be that they're they're very very small, which I think would make them yeah. easier to defeat. I mean, they have the sound. Uh, they have the power to. Imitate sounds, which you say a That's superhero true. wouldn't have, but well, Kylon of Excalibur, a, that was his power, just mm-hmm. to mimic you sounds. Know, I mean, Black Bolt uses sound as a weapon. You know, Elliot, I also have the power to imitate sounds. I can imitate sounds right now if you Let want me, me Yeah, to. He give us some sounds. Give us some sounds. Well, here's one. Here's a... And then there's like a... I don't <laughs> oh, like that last a, one. That's gross. This is good. That's good. Was that like a horse? Yeah. And a... I, I, don't I don't know what that's a sound. That, I don't know what that sound is. Is that like cobblestones? So I'm, I'm just saying anyone can yeah. imitate sounds. No, right. I, mean, I don't know if like you were imitating special. sounds so much. You were making sounds. Yeah. <laughs> and guys, I'm going to I'm gonna have to go with Captain Crunch because you don't know what horrors he committed to earn all the medals. That's true. Oh, very true. Oh, yeah. He's, he's, he's an old-time Navy man. It's all about mm-hmm. burning foreign villages and whipping his mm, own men. Yeah. Horrible. Yeah. yeah. Sending them off to die in, in, in the Arctic, you know, on ill-fated expeditions. That's Captain Crunch. He's seen things and done things. He's so, he's so bad that they actually, they, uh, they stripped him of some of the letters in the name Captain. So it's just Captain Crunch. <laughs> yeah. Harsh discipline. Harsh discipline yeah. in the British Navy. I assume British. I don't know where he's yeah. from. Yeah. Fair, yeah. yeah. Okay, so I think we've all decided um, the, uh, the next step in this, uh, in this game that we're playing. Uh, is it a game? Who knows? We'll find out. Um, is from uh, at Rachie Ryan. Uh, Rachie has suggested we do a little thing uh, where Dan, I went over to a thing called mm. BuzzFeed.com and I pulled up a little BuzzFeed quiz for you. This quiz okay. is for Dan alone because the the question is, how Midwestern are you? All so right. I'm gonna need to. You're gonna have to tell me whether or not any of these apply. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> wait, okay. wait, wait! Can I do the theme song for this too? Yes, please. Ho, 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 ho! How Midwestern is Dan? <laughs> That's great. Nice. Okay, that gave the next Paul Schaefer, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> uh, there is a cornfield within ten miles of your house. Uh, yes, there was one down the <laughs> yeah. block when I grew up. <laughs> do they call it blocks? Uh, football is a big deal to you. Uh, no. I mean, not to me. No. Dan, you know, <laughs> well, that's what the question was. <laughs> yeah. You know what a Hoosier is. Yes, You're looking my, right at uh, one, motherfucker. My, <laughs> yeah, and my mom was a Hoosier, so well, is a Hoosier. I don't know why. That's a uh, happy Mother's Day, mom. 
Wow. This is going to be really make up for and this is accidentally. We're recording this. Also, we're recording this two days after Mother's Day. It's going to be released almost a week after Mother's Day. So you should have gotten her a card. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I called her on Mother's Day. She's waiting for the podcast delivery guy to show up with a podcast. You may have I called did. her, but you didn't call her a Hoosier because you've revoked that. Like the I words T-A-I from Captain. Was a Hoosier in that she is from Indiana, but she does not, she's not currently a Hoosier. I didn't mean, I did not mean to post-date my mother. Yeah. I did not. Anyway, oh, like in Back to the on. Future. Okay, yeah. next one. Post-dating your mother. Uh, next one. Uh, yeah, I guess technically correct, Elliot. Uh, you have a big yard. <laughs> um... I not currently no. Okay, you have a bicycle. Uh, I mean, again, not currently. Okay. When I grew up, both of those. Two okay, things, we're yes. we're talking about when you grew up. Okay. Okay, when I grew up, yes, yes. Uh, you love steak and shake. I do love steak and wow. shake. You've gone to Target or Walmart with your friends for fun. <laughs> Indeed, several times. <laughs> I don't think you understand uh, modern people mm-hmm. <laughs> how things were before the the internet. Dan, and um, Dan, yes. you've seen a horse and buggy near or in your town? I have indeed. Wow. Yes. You've seen an Amish person? Separate question. Uh, well, I mean the Mennonite. Yes. Okay, we'll count it. Uh, you say "ope" on a regular basis. I don't know what OP Me means. Me neither. Okay, I'm not. A, okay. I guess I'm not very. That was a, that was a trick question. It's OPP. Uh-huh. If you had said yes, oh, yeah. you would Other not have been surprised with that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the weather changes every hour where you live. Uh, I I don't even think that was true yeah. when I lived in Illinois. No. Somewhere on Lake Michigan is your family's go-to vacation. <laughs> um, we did go to the Upper Peninsula of Michigan yep. for vacations. Yep. You go skiing at resorts with fake snow for fun. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I I went skiing a couple times in Ohio growing up. I don't know if it was fake or not. Uh, we'll assume it. Uh, you say tennis shoes. Uh, not. I mean, I say sneakers, okay. but tennis shoes definitely. While growing up, was a thing. Yeah. Okay. High school basketball is slash was a big deal in your town. Uh, yeah, I mean, in our division, we were second in state wow. when I was a sophomore, so yeah. yes. So I just want to ask, as, as an Easterner, uh, are we a quarter of the way through this quiz? Mm-hmm. How, <laughs> this would be a halfway. landmark. Halfway. Okay. Okay. You know what? I mean, this is the most interested I've ever been <laughs> yeah. in this podcast. <laughs> you know what a tornado siren sounds like. Yes, I do. The city is Chicago. Yes, for sure. You've been to the Indy 500. I have not been to the Indy 500. We would insi- my mom would some for some reason insist on having it on all day on the day of the <laughs> it's Indy a, 500. It's a, yeah, it's a, it's a holy day. Uh, you you've had many snow days. Yes. <laughs> oh man, this is going to go larf. You've played cornhole. <laughs> I, I have played cornhole, yeah. I, but I think that was on the East Coast. So I don't think I did, did it in a long mm. You've eaten puppy chow. And no, I'm not talking about dog food. No, I'm familiar with the confectionery of that name, yes. <laughs> Can you describe this for Elliot, being an Easterner and it unfamiliar is, yeah, I don't know with what puppy this is. chow? Uh, it is uh, uh, like a ch- a checks based um, thing that you might have at like a church bake sale, and it has uh, confectioner sugar and I believe peanut butter. Yeah, involved. when he says checks, he's talking about the breakfast cereal, not like checks that you would write money amounts yeah. on. No, no, I figured that it okay. wasn't. I, Midwest frugal Midwesterners, I assumed, would not be eating money. <laughs> sure, uh, like a like a rich. New York tycoon, you know. Uh, Dan, maybe you've heard... I, I want to talk to you about some of my uh, my culture then. Have you heard of okay. pe- pizza? So <laughs> it's it's like dough and they put sauce and cheese on it and sometimes other toppings. And it has to be thrown up in the air by a man who is not wearing gloves and you don't know where his hands have been. And he is not allowed to wear a shirt. He can only wear an undershirt. Uh-huh. And then he sticks it in an oven. And then when the you ask him if it's ready... He sticks the undershirt in the oven, and when you ask him if the pizza is done, he goes, hey! Oh, wow. 
Now, when I get this at a, a restaurant that has a, a picture of maybe like a similar looking man giving me a thumb, like a like a statue of him giving me a thumbs up outside mm-hmm. of the that that's the either outside. Sometimes it's in the form of a statue, and it's always branded yeah. on the box because you also, if you get more than one slice, it's served in slices mm-hmm. or in full pies. Uh, then you get it in a box that also has that picture, and he's a sort of sort of idol god that's mm-hmm. worshipped by the pizza makers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I yeah, I'm familiar. Yeah, with and his this. name is Stromboli. <laughs> on, a, on a similar topic, Dan, you like ranch dressing? I did growing okay. up, yes. I've, I'm recovering. Shorts <laughs> weather is anything above <laughs> 60 degrees. You know what? I've never been one of those guys. Uh, <laughs> long pants long for pants. as long as I can. Cargo shorts, fuck that shit. I don't need that many pockets, says Dan. Mm-hmm. You've gone sledding many times. I have been sledding many times. (laughs) Let's get these results, baby. Uh, You're a true Midwesterner, 19 out of 24. You were born and raised in the Midwest. You've seen many a tractor, hung out at Steak and Shake late at night with your friends, and maybe even visited Wisconsin Dells a few times, or or a lot. Uh, Everything true except for the Dells, but I've seen a lot of commercials for them. That's for sure. Wow, that was fun, guys. I'm pretty worn out from that. Yeah, let's pick up. See, that was you know finally finally something for our demographics too. You know, <laughs> mm-hmm. so guys, coastal elites. Uh, this is coastal's from- elite is how we pluralize yeah. it. Yeah. So uh, this next question is uh, directed at all of us. It's not just Dan. Uh, this is a question about vampires. Okay. This is I, mm. I actually cut off uh, the the question submitters. Uh, they're at, but this is from Molly in Taurus season. Gotta love that shit. Taurus season, baby. Um, if you are going to be a vampire, what kind of vampire would you be? Each piece of vampire media has its own aesthetic and often its own rules. Foppy and Rice vampire, artistic Jim Jarmusch vampire, balls to the walls Coppola vampire. That's very tempting. Coppola mm. vampire is very cool with the big hair and can use a shadow to choke Keanu Reeves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like, the thing is, though, are you going to, like, if it's just, like, what kind of vampire lifestyle do you want to live? Like, it's different than, like, what the cool vampire is. Like, I mean, my favorite movie vampire is probably, like, Count Orlock and Nosferatu, but I don't want to be that guy. No, that's who you're choosing. Just a little little gross man. No, no, let me be, uh, like, David Bowie in The Hunger. That would be a fun vampire to be. Yeah, that's a good vampire. Prematurely (laughs) aging. Yeah. Falling apart. Okay. <laughs> yeah. uh, I think I would go with, hmm, it's a toss-up for me between, um, let's see, kind of like uh, the vampires uh, in Near Dark, because uh, mm-hmm. I like the idea of having a vampire family like cool. that I can like, drive <laughs> And they're like cool punk with. rock, like, like uh, I don't know, like motorcycle gang vampires. I mean, right? what well, Bill Paxton is, but Lance Henriksen is like a real dad. Yeah, that's you true. Know? They're a real family. Either that or I guess... Um, uh, or Nicolas Cage vampire, because he knows the alphabet and he shouts it. <sighs> That's true. <laughs> now, see, now, my first inclination is to say, like, one of the vampires in Blade who wear, like, Wilson's leather jackets and wrap-around sunglasses and generally just look like stuntmen that are about to get turned into <laughs> ashes by Blade real quick. Uh, which, when you think about it, you're like, man, these guys could live forever, and that's what they, like, they're just stuntmen? Whatever. Um, <laughs> well... I got. What about I, another option for me? Count Duckula. Okay. Okay. Vegetarian. Count Duckula. Yeah. Vegetarian. You know, I wouldn't feel bad. Just you know, ate ketchup or whatever. And I'm a cartoon duck, which is one of my favorite things. I think you could also be a really good bunicula. You would be a yeah. great bunicula, Dan. Um, yeah. Thank you, guys. And I would say I feel like Laszlo from What We Do in the Shadows, the television program. I mean, that's the um. ideal, right? Yeah, Jackie Daytona, human bartender. Yeah, I think so. That's a good point. That's a very good point, yeah. Okay, so I think we've uh, put that uh, that question to bed in a coffin. Uh, mm. So we get a couple of questions uh, from listeners about if it bothers us that they nap or fall asleep while listening to our voices. How do you guys feel about that? I mean, only in so much as like I don't want us to do anything unhealthy like i don't want to like worm our way into people's brains in a way oh, that's going to like cause... a manchurian candidate thing 
Yeah, I just don't, I mean, or like, like I don't Freddy? Want... Do you think we're actually going into people's dreams, Dan? Because I don't know about no, you, I I've not been that, able to crack that That would be fucking code. great. I've always wanted to be yeah. able to stretch my arms out super long, and I feel like my only option is to get into somebody's dreams to do that. I'm just <laughs> saying that I don't think anyone's done Like, you can't do that in real te- life. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think any scientists have done any tests, any doctors have done any tests on, like, prolonged sleep exposure to the flop house that's my only concern <laughs> you know any ill effects well, yeah. luckily luckily we have an enormous control group in the form of everyone else in the history of the world <laughs> yeah that's true no I, I you know like i don't know i i have a few podcasts that i fall asleep listening to it is not an insult to those podcasts um you know often is you know episodes i've heard before but i find it comforting and so it is very sweet that anyone might find us comforting. Yeah, I mean, sleep is a is a precious commodity, a precious resource in this world. In this modern world, it's right up there with food and water and air. Frankly, is good sleep. So if we can help you get to it, all the better. And like Dan's saying, if someone finds my voice soothing rather than grating, that's fantastic. <laughs> Go ahead. I often read to my wife, and she'll fall asleep. And I always take it as a compliment because it means what I my voice is not. Attacking her ears like an ice pick. (laughs) Mm, And I feel like uh, my, so when my wife and I, uh, I think it was before we got married, uh, I was a big fan of the, uh, uh, the Song of Ice and Fire books by George R. R. Martin. And I want it. I'm like, I feel like Charlene would like these, but I don't think she's going to actually sit down and read these fucking things because there are so many and they're long. So I came up with the decision to read them out loud to her. And so I started reading them out loud to her before bed. And then we would, depending on, depending on the day, you know, we'd get a couple of pages in, and then she would pass out. And I feel like after a while, it just, the sound of me reading the book and doing my Tyrion voice and everything, that, uh, that probably- I want to hear this Tyrion voice <laughs> oh, now. Oh no. Just like my, just, just like my bare feet. You're going to have to pay for that premium content, baby. Um, yeah. Okay, but uh, fair, fair. Uh, and I was pretty. I was really proud of my uh, Sander Clegane voice, uh, the Hound. But once again, you got to pay for that. Um, but uh, I'm like, and then after after doing that for a few, and eventually getting through all the books, she then realized that she just really likes books on tape and is like super into books on tape and listens to those every night before bed instead of listening to me doing my dumb bullshit. But what I'm trying to say is. That's probably the same thing, right? And it didn't bother me then. <laughs> what I'm trying to say is now every time I talk to my wife, she, <laughs> she falls asleep. Falls asleep. <laughs> Help. It's dangerous when she's driving. <laughs> okay. Uh, now we have another game, guys. This is a little game where you guys can earn points and prizes. And by guys, I mean you, uh, you Dan, and you, Elliot. Oh, wow. Oh. This is a game suggested by... Hey, everybody, it's another visit from the Game Guys. The Game Guys, Dan and Elliot, playing games with Game Master Stewart, putting them through their paces. It's the Game Guys. Uh-huh. Yep, this uh-huh. is uh, this is uh, promotional content paid for by uh, Spiral from the Book of Saw. Uh, would you like to play a little <laughs> yeah. game, Chris Rock? <laughs> yeah. We'll find out. Brought uh, to you by GameStop, a stock that should not be worth very much. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the way this game works is I'm going to list a fictional character, and the first one of you to uh, to name and describe the fictional podcast that they would create in that world gets a point. So, for instance, oh. uh, the first character I will name is Dr. Alan Grant. What is the name of his podcast, and what is it about? Dr. Alan Grant from Jurassic Park. Yeah, yeah. So the name of his podcast is I Used to Hate Kids Too. <laughs> And it's a parenting podcast for people who are always having to take care of their friends' kids. Because as you know, his arc in the movie is he doesn't like kids. He also doesn't really know how a seatbelt works. By the end of the movie, he likes kids and he knows how a seatbelt works. That's what it is. So maybe his podcast is about seatbelts. Okay, and once again, what's the name of that podcast? (laughs) I Used to Hate Kids Too, hosted by Dr. Alan Grant. Okay. Uh, okay, so Ellie gets a point. Next, uh, yeah. next character. If, if if this is based on <laughs> speed of coming up with nonsense, I can give you a spoiler alert <laughs> on who's going to win this. You're at, you're you're at a disadvantage, but then you know the I, Washington I know. Generals are at a disadvantage every I, time. No, I feel yeah, like Dan's hustling me. Dan's been hustling me all these years, waiting for this moment. Yeah, that's this is a really long <laughs> road to. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the next character is Claire Colburn. That's right, Kirsten Dunst's character from the movie Elizabeth Town. <laughs> what's her podcast and what's it? 
Her podcast is called Am I in Garden State? And every episode, she talks to a different celebrity about whether she's in the movie Garden State or if she's in the other movie, which is kind of a ripoff of Garden State. Yeah. Hi, my name is Lauren. I live in L.A. And I wanted to say some things about the Flophouse. Um, I've been a listener for a couple years now, and I've seriously enjoyed having the Flophouse as a podcast to listen to legitimately any time of the day. I listen to it on long car drives. I listen falling asleep. It is my comfort podcast. It is something that I know I can turn on any time and feel good for at least, you know, an hour and a half while um, the peaches talk. And it's really awesome to have that in my life. So thank you, guys. Thank you, Dan. Thank you, Stuart. And thank you, Elliot, for the Flop House. Okay. Bye. Hi. My name is Paul, and I'm calling from Denver, Colorado. Um, I'm calling about the Flop House. Um, I'm about 15 years older than Dan, and I don't watch movies very much. Not bad, bad, not good, bad, or even those I kind of like. I did grow up on Mystery Science Theater 3000, though, and um, you guys are the best thing since, not even close. Um, this is what I really wanted to say, though. Beginning in early November 2016, you guys became the only thing I could even listen to. The camaraderie, the humor, it was just my warm, comfy chair. and I haven't stopped. I have listened to every single episode with the original Peaches so many times I can't even tell you, and I still cry laughing at their classic bits. Um, so thank you for everything, with the possible exception of Elliot's letter songs. I love you guys so much, I cannot even begin to tell you. This next one, that's the only point for Elliot. You're, you're about to win. Uh, but I think, Dan, this this one's kind of a softball pitch for my boy, Danny McCoy. That's right, Danny, <laughs> Danny Baby Boy McCoy. What is the podcast made by Lloyd Dobler? That's right, John Cusack from Say Anything. Uh, it's called The Dobler Effect. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and it's uh, him just sort of like, uh, telling tales of woe from uh, his romantic life. This is him much later on and him uh, saying how he uh, has learned not to uh, wake people up in the middle of the night with uh, uh, boom boxes. Can I, if I can, I don't, I don't want to take away Dan's point. I just want to jump in. He's also probably talking a lot about kickboxing. Oh, yeah. No, it is. <laughs> yeah, he is fascinated with kickboxing and he will describe it to you at great length. <laughs> Uh okay yeah that's great uh what was that what was the name the Dobler effect perfect the Dobler okay effect. man back on the scoreboard Dan I love this that was a fast okay. one that was a fast one okay guys what is the fictional podcast of Luther Strickell I didn't know his last name Luther from the Mission Impossible movies played by Ving Rhames what's his podcast oh oh god <laughs> it's called. Hey, I'm here. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> all right. Okay. Interesting. And it's about. He's made it all those you forget, movies. You forget that he's in, a, in <laughs> all them. of them. Like, he's in all of them. Yeah. He's the guy who just shows up and you're like, wait, wow. I didn't know that there was so much consistency in these movies, mm -hmm. but there that secretly is, is. Every time I watch a Mission Impossible movie, I am always surprised by that there being continuity from the previous movie. Now we said all of them. Is I can't remember. Is he in two? Oh yeah, that's the. I'm looking at. Okay, I'm looking at the, the IMDb sure right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, he's in all of them. That's kind of amazing. Like I feel like there'd be a section in his podcast where he's just talking about what his buddy Ethan Hunt like, like little tips about Ethan Hunt or like things Ethan Hunt likes to do or like. I bet he gets a lot of questions about Ethan Hunt, and he's like, "I'm going to get him on <laughs> as a guest one of these days," but he's super busy. <laughs> mm -hmm. He's hanging off of something right now, or else he'd be in the episode. Okay, and uh, let's wrap this up. Cameron Poe from Con Air. What is Cameron Poe from Con Air's podcast? <laughs> hmm. uh, it's it's called Poetry in Motion, oh, and it's about how to get uh, gleaming, luxurious uh, locks of hair that will blow in the wind. Okay, interesting. I mean, yeah, I sure. feel, my, my wife watches a lot of... I'm going to say a lot of YouTube channels about how to get, uh, like, the perfect curly hair. 
we could go on mm-hmm. about the curly girl method and all that shit and the the various drama involved in those various groups. Uh, so I think there's actually a pretty big market for poetry and motion dance. So that's a, that's I mean, a good yeah. one. I think he's going to make it, some money off of that. It's amazing that the thing I was going to say was con hair, and it was it's <laughs> oh, wow. and also and it would be hair. his hair podcast. Yeah, nice. Okay, so it looks like Dan wins. Uh, Elliot, can you tell Dan what, what uh, prizes he won this time? Uh, Dan, <laughs> here are the prizes that you won. Uh, well, you do get uh, the the feeling of knowing that you bested your friend in a in a made up game that doesn't mean anything, oh. uh, and you win. Judging by your Zoom window, a selection of boxes, a selection of packing and moving boxes, which have not been opened yet. Yeah. Elliot, uh, I hate to burst your bubble, but basically no games matter at all either. <laughs> oh, wow. And this wow. comes from a dude who plays a lot of games. Um, yeah, that's very nihilistic coming from you. So this is actually pretty topical. Somebody asked us about the new uh, uh, about the new Venom Let There Be Carnage trailer, and that's something we were mm-hmm. actually texting about because, you know what? I saw that trailer, kind of liked it. It opened with a lot of silly stuff with that symbiote just slapping shit around and trying to make breakfast yeah. or whatever I mean, the fa- the idea of the symbiote covering eddie with ketchup because he doesn't know how to use a ketchup that. bottle right hilarious yeah it's a, now it's an odd couple <laughs> sitcom not a, not a fan of woody harrelson's not having goofy clown hair like he uh-huh. had at the end of the first movie but what yeah. are you gonna do you know yeah it's like when they it's like in the marvel movies when they're like okay wanda maximoff doesn't need to have the craziest accent or ben uh benedict cumberbatch doesn't need to have the craziest new york accent like fuck that bring that shit back that was exciting i mean i I guess it yeah. like plays up the idea of like the Marvel movies are generally so they're they're well put together, but they are kind of they're they're kind of evened out in a little way so that like the the sillier shit kind of gets evened out over time. I don't know. So that like you get excited when you're like, what the fuck is going on with this accent? Uh, sorry, sorry to bur- uh, talk shit about Marvel, Elliot. No, I know you're I'm upset. Just, no, I mean, it's it's fine. I enjoy them a lot, but there is a certain uh, corporate uh corporate sameness gloss yeah. to them yeah. you could say although i mean I, I love that they they watched the first venom movie and obviously they felt the same way i did that the the best thing in it was tom hardy getting into a tank of lobsters and just taking a bite yes. out of one of them yep. and they yeah. said let's make that the the spirit animal that lobster they took a bite out of for the second movie <laughs> double down on that um okay so uh in the past elliot we've gotten a lot of col- uh a lot of requests for collabs between me and you on a comic book property Obviously, mm-hmm. that makes sense. And somebody, and this is from user at control underscore X, is the invisible maniac in the same universe as Maniac of New York? Hmm. Uh, no. <laughs> wow. Just for just for listeners out there that. <laughs> I mean, just for just for if anyone's wondering, not that I have anything against the invisible maniac. I mean, he kills a guy with a submarine sandwich, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, and by doing a Mario Brothers stomp on a guy's head. Um, yeah, but uh, but I just to point out that Maniac of New York is Elliot Elliot's comic book that's out right now. I think issue my four is dropping from, tomorrow. Issue issue four drops the day after we record this, so when this episode is released, it will be on, on comic book shelves. Uh, issue four of five uh, in the first series. Uh, but in the Maniac of New York, there is only one kind of like out of the ordinary supernaturalish thing, and that's the and that's the Maniac of New York, Maniac Harry. There's kind of not room for the Invisible Maniac. I in, mean. <laughs> Maniac New York. Well, let right me now. just point out that there's in the Invisible Maniac movie, there's only one supernatural thing in that too, and that's the Invisible Maniac. It's not like there's that's also magic point. and like laser beams and stuff. I mean, where does it, where does it take place? I mean, the Invisible Maniac. Science. It's not really. Thank a, you. A, a sort of a magic. Get right, Dan. It's it's hard science. It's hard science fiction. It's all it's all replicable. It's based <laughs> well, on just, real theory. Yeah, I'm, yeah, it's the I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued by the idea of a maniacaverse. Yeah, yeah, where sure. Just I just like the idea any... this uh, this this idea that the Invisible Maniac is based on science. Like they like it's based on a Stephen Baxter novel or something. Well, I'm <laughs> simply saying he does not become invisible through a spell that is placed on him. <laughs> no, it's through a magic <laughs> potion true. that he creates. Yeah, he doesn't it's grab the eye of Agamotto or something. I mean, you're <laughs> saying it's magical, but you know, I refer you to Arthur C. Clarke, and it's just a. Fair. You know, it's tech- technology that has advanced so far that it appears to be magic to you, now, uh, Elliot. So where does the he untrained <laughs> Neanderthal? It's true. I'm not a scientist, and I am a Neanderthal. According to 23andMe, I am like 0.2% Neanderthal. Oh, that's great. The, the part of me that is not Ashkenazi Jewish is is Neanderthal. Uh, but so explains the body here. Uh, I mean, both sides. That comes from both sides, really. Uh, the Maniac of New York is in New York. If the Invisible Maniac is happening somewhere in like the heartland, <clears throat> Dan's beloved Midwest, 
it could be happening <laughs> in the same universe and they just never encounter each other, you know? Yeah. Sure. Uh, I mean, for all we for all we know, the creature of the black from the Black Lagoon exists in the in the Marvel and DC universes. They just never go there, you know. I mean, I assumed that most I assume that most movies share a universe in that they're set on the planet Earth at various points in human I mean, history. Most movies are, yeah, yeah. Okay, so uh, I think we uh, put that one to bed once again in a coffin mm. like a vampire. Uh, the, mm-hmm, yeah. This next question, but not a vampire, because there's no vampires in Maniac of New York. Continue. This question is maybe if there are science vampires, right? Yeah, yeah. Science. If someone, dra- <laughs> if, if it's Michael Morbius, the living vampire who drank a serum that turned him into a vampire, yes, a science vampire, as played by Jared Leto in the upcoming film Morbius. Yeah, can't wait. Uh, okay, so we got a topical. It's so, it's so amazing to me that that like Morbius has been. They advertised it a while ago. And, like, not a lot of talk about Morbius, but Venom, everyone's like, oh, this this new thing? And meanwhile, M- Michael Morbius is just sitting around going, like, I'm also tangentially related to the Spider-Verse. Yeah, we had... I, I have a movie. I'm a bad guy. There's a trailer a good guy. out. I mean, I've been edging this whole time. I mean, what are they going to... Is it like how we just got the fucking Green Knight trailer today and... After, what, a year and a half? Like, when are we going to get... Well, they- when are we going to get that fucking Candyman movie? <laughs> I mean, COVID kind of got in the way, and they weren't releasing movies in the theaters for a while. <laughs> But it's been a year and a half. I can't wait to see it. Yeah, that's true. That's fair. Okay, so we got a topical question like, here. I literally thought the other day, I was like, did that new Ghostbusters movie come out already, and I forgot yeah. about it? It's like, oh, no, they delayed the release, which makes sense. But uh, Same thing happened with uh, Fast and the Furious 9. But um, Okay, so topical question here. In honor of the new Mitchells vs. the Machines release, a movie I recommend on a recent episode of the podcast, and also features the voice talents of friend of the podcast, Griffin McElroy, uh, what is your favorite? what are your favorite movie robots? And what do you think makes a movie robot engaging slash fun to watch? That's a good question from Pausamandius. Well, I'll, I mean, I can only speak for myself, but my favorite movie robots, I'll, I'll name them starting with three, going to two, and then going to one. Number three... Ed two oh nine because he's large and in charge oh, and he does not always <laughs> yeah. he does not always have control of himself. Yeah, I love it. Number two, C three PO. What oh. makes a good movie robot is when he is cowardly, pretty mm-hmm. effeminate, and mm-hmm. complaining all the time. Yep. I love it. Number one, Gonk Droid. He's just got <laughs> look at him. He's just he's so confident. <laughs> he just carries himself yeah. in a way that says he's a boss. Yeah. <laughs> two injuries from Star Wars. I love it. Dan, you got a favorite movie robot? Uh, you know, I, I will have a, a, a sentimental favorite, uh, pardon me, sentiment, the sentimental. Jordan, leave all that in, please. Loop it a couple of times, please. Yeah, make, Jordan, uh, make it into a ringtone and then make that downloadable content, uh, for, for Flophouse Toners. No, no, my sentimental favorite, uh, might be, uh, Johnny Five from the film, Short Circuit, uh, a film with, uh, you know, problems, yeah, of chief among them, Fisher Stevens yeah. playing an Indian man. Yeah. But it is a, a very sort of, it is a believably functional robot design that is also very cute. Uh-huh. Um, the the eyes, obviously, very similar to the ones used later by Wally. Um, just a, a good look. For a, a cute robot, and you gotta like, like a robot that, that has eyebrows. And you were, and yeah. also you were complaining that Wally at no point joins a street gang like Johnny Five does in part, <laughs> yeah, part two. The Los Lobos. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, we don't know if Wally can kick your balls into outer space. <laughs> oh, he man. does go into outer As space. As a kid, but, yeah. that was like I watched that movie. I'm like, I gotta learn that fucking rap. I gotta learn it <laughs> yeah. so bad. I gotta be able to recite yeah. it because if I can't recite it, pitch perfect, the other kids are gonna make fun of me. Uh I, I don't know if it's my favorite, but a recent one that I really liked was the the weird like square robot in Interstellar, which was like oh, a design a that I I think we talked about this on the show. It was a design that like I've never like I've never really seen before. Like it felt new, which you don't get that very often. Like it's definitely not like anthropomorphic in any way. Um, yeah. And it like and all of a sudden when it started moving and it just like turned into a wheel kind of thing. Like oh man, that was it was cool. It was weird. So kind of on the on the other side of that, I'm going to say I'm going to give another robot on my list, and that's going to be Maria from Metropolis, which is very C-3PO-y looking, but also sexy and not as if C-3PO is not sexy. Come on. But anyway, uh, but more so. And yeah, when yeah, she give me has that a Soriyama print of uh, a boudoir print of C-3PO. <laughs> and uh, when uh, 
and when when she looks like a person, when they put a uh, they put overlay her with Maria the human, I love the way that that actress, oh, what's her name? I, I'm forgetting it now. Uh, she really embodies this kind of like um, like sexy evil robot, and she kind of half squints one of her eyes, but keeps the other one wide open, and and moves her head around in a really crazy way. That uh, mm-hmm. it's just like really jerky and uh, and and geometric and mechanical and i just love that i love that robot both as a robot and when in human form so maria i have to look up the name of that actress it's really bothering me that i can't remember it okay kind of along similar lines guys we're going to talk about who or what is your favorite pop culture ghost but i'm also going to include helm. that i'm thinking of bridget helm okay that's the actress no, that's not a ghost right no 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 well she is a ghost uh, now she died okay. in 1996 what is your favorite pop culture ghost i would say for me I mean, my I think my favorite pop culture ghost story is still is probably like The Devil's Backbone or something, the Guillermo del Toro movie. Uh, I don't know, just because it's like sad and feels like uh, I, it's probably my favorite one of his movies. It's kind of like a perfect little story, and it's sad and features some good kid acting, and it's great. Uh, Devil's Backbone, watch it if you get get a chance. And there's some good ghost shit in it. Yeah, it's a great movie. Uh, my favorite ghost. Well, I always like the taxi driver in Ghostbusters. Great ghost because it's uh, genuinely scary. Uh-huh. Uh, I like uh, I like the Casper's uh horse, which I believe is uh named Nightmare. Is that right? I don't know. That would that, make sense. That'd be a good that would pun. make sense. Yeah, it, it would be perfect. Yeah. Uh, but I I remember growing up as a very a uh, small child, we would go and visit my maternal uh, grandmother and grandfather's house, and they had absolutely nothing uh, for kids in it. They were very strict Methodists, <laughs> but there was one uh, dog-eared Casper comic <laughs> that I would stare at <laughs> for hours because I, I would try to suck all the childhood joy <laughs> from it to entertain myself. So that that's my memory of Casper. Hmm. Famous. I don't know if this necessarily counts, but I think uh, in that one um, Marvel comic where Adam Warlock comes back as a ghost made out of flame and turns Thanos into a statue, or maybe he's made out of glass or something. Why? Wait, uh, when Thanos tries to steal a cosmic cube, what? Thanos. Okay. He's, uh, this Adam Warlock ghost comes back made out of fire and like turns Thanos either into either stone or glass to stop him at the end of a thing. And Adam Warlock, being one of my favorite superheroes, if he's a ghost, he must be one of my favorite ghosts. Yeah. Other other than that, I guess, you know, me and Slimer, we share a love of hot dogs, so. <laughs> That's true. You know, uh, that kind of reminds me of that awesome bit from that Spider-Man comic where Sandman got turned into glass, and then Doc Ock shatters him, and you're like, oh my god, mm-hmm. Sandman just died. No, 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 he just came back as glass man, and he's gonna fuck you up, Doc Ock. Yeah, he's all made out of shards of glass at the end of that yeah, story. That's yeah, that's a met. Like, oh no, he's way worse to deal with. <laughs> <laughs> like I know Anakin Skywalker's like, oh thank God, I'd rather be glassed to death than sanded to death. But you know, whatever. Uh, you know, who's good is is a uh, Clyde from uh, Pac Man because he's a nonconformist. Yeah, got yeah, he's, he does. His name doesn't follow the pattern. Pinky, pinky, blinky, stinky. You got Clyde over here. Uh, cool. I'm going to mention, uh, Stuart mentioned uh, Devil's Backbone, great ghost movie. I'm also going to put in a plug for The Others with Nicole Kidman, oh, yeah. which I think is also a great ghost movie. <clears throat> I feel like that was a movie that was, like, it was nominated for an Academy Award, right? Like, It, it might have been. It's this movie, that it was, it's a real sleeper of a movie. When it, I remember seeing the theaters and being like, that was great. And then yeah. it didn't make much of an impression, but it's its reputation has grown over the years. Very like Turn of the Screw, yeah? Yes, very much so, yeah. Uh, okay, let's, uh, let's do one more to wrap it up. And this is, uh, this is going to be related to the podcast. Mm. Over the years, we have, uh, we have invented many characters for the show. The Flophouse house cat, uh, seven pounds, the villain who perpetrates only seven pound related crimes. <laughs> um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Seems dumb when we think about it. Now, yeah, so. <laughs> I mean, no dumber than the source material that we we were riffing off of. Which which of our Flophouse characters mm. should appear in the Knives Out sequel, directed Knives by Ryan? Sh- Knives in or spoons I, out? Spoon, forks or spoons, <laughs> spoons out? Yeah. out yeah. I really, I really think it's got to be Crawdaddy because, like. <laughs> He's the only character that can go up against uh, Daniel Craig 
accent for accent oh, in that man. movie. I love it. Oh, and Crawdaddy's got a re- he's got a possible motive because he might have <laughs> secrets to hide from his years living in the in the Louisiana Bayou. Now that he's reinvented himself as a Connecticut insurance agent, I feel like he's pretty free with those secrets, though. He shares that information. <laughs> I mean, in story people form. know people know his background, but he's involved in shady doings that I'm sure that those at the local country club wouldn't want to know about. You know, gator smuggling yeah. or whatnot. Oh man, yeah, that's that's. Yeah. I mean, seven pounds seems a little on the nose, but Crawdaddy, oh man, that's that's the good stuff. That's the sweet stuff. And what a what a I role, mean, what a meaty role. Like, imagine being able to deliver that script onto the desk of, I don't know, any actor, uh, Robert Pattinson, and be like, you get to play Crawdaddy. And then he jumps up and he clicks his heels and he punches the sky and he's like, I can't wait. Now, do I get to at least read for the role of Crawdaddy? I know I'm not going to get it. I'm not a big <laughs> enough name. But can I at least read for the role I originated? Yeah, of course you get to read for it. I mean, I got to keep you happy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I, I know Ro- between me and Robert Pattinson, you got to go Pattinson. I mean, he's a Batman. He's a vampire from Twilight. You know, he's a Cosmopolis. You, you got to go with him, but still. <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's, he's a, a good, good time. time. <laughs> he is a good time. He is a good time. Uh, and uh, I was also thinking though that uh, Noir Kid could be a uh, oh, Phil yeah. Noir Kid could be like a sidekick for uh, for the he'd be perfect. what's the name of the detective again? I completely Ben Beno, Benoit Blanc. Yeah, Benoit something Blanc. like that. Benoit, yeah. Benoit Blanc. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, we that did could it. Be a sidekick. Oh, yeah, me, and, me and Benoit Blanc are going to solve this mystery. <laughs> Oh, I feel like puts my teeth on edge. <laughs> I feel like the majority of our characters would fall within the the would, would I mean would easily fit within that kind of a uh you know a locked what is it a locked door mystery what what's that kind of shit called yeah yeah locked door mystery or you know locked floor mystery can't open that floor yeah. up it's locked I was gonna say that Seabiscuit the world's most popular horse wouldn't fit in but you know what you got things like Silver Blaze mm-hmm. the Sherlock Holmes mystery uh spoiler alert involves a horse yeah uh you know okay i yeah. mean is the horse I, I assume the horse would be on the cover of the novella <laughs> yeah probably with yeah. A, with, yeah, yeah smoking in his smoking jacket with a, with a pipe and he's holding a gun in his hoof yeah <laughs> <laughs> no i got no i think you could populate all of the knives out sequel with our characters you got seven pounds you got sea biscuit the world's most famous horse uh-huh. you got craw daddy noir baby you got tom brokaw dune uh-huh. you got all the you know we got enough characters for a flophouse house out. cat of course yeah flophouse house cat old lady kid. Uh, old lady who loves tintin <laughs> Mm-hmm. Bad boy Werner Herzog. Yeah, sure. Oh man. Okay. Well, uh, this was a lovely trip that we just wrapped it up on a bit of nostalgia. You know, trip down memory lane for us. Uh, mm-hmm. Waste of time for you. I'm sorry, listeners. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> that could be the motto of the show. Please do. Please, please join Max Fun or upgrade. But the motto of the show could be waste of time for you. Sorry, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> Tune in next week for our uh, regular, regularly scheduled programming. In this case, we are watching uh, we're watching North, uh, Roger Ebert's favorite movie, I believe. <laughs> uh, <laughs> least, least. Uh, yeah. And so, uh, if I could take a moment, I just want to say thank you very much for listening. Thank you to all of our listeners for your support over the years and this year. We know that last year was a particularly rough one for everybody, and we appreciate everyone who feels like they can support us this year. We are extremely thankful extremely grateful that anyone listens to us that anyone likes it enough to support us and it has been such a help for us this past year and in the current situation uh to have your support both emotionally financially and in many other ways as well you can still remember join uh or upgrade or boost your membership don't honestly remember the difference between boosting and upgrading uh you can also uh, get a gift membership anonymously for someone on the MaxFun waiting list who feels yeah. like this year they cannot afford to become a member themselves and unlock all that sweet BOCO. That's bonus content. Mm-hmm. So if you feel like being a good Samaritan, that would be a really wonderful thing to do. Uh, just go to MaximumFun.org slash join. There's still a little bit of time you can to get those rewards that come with it and to be entered into our raffle drawings. Remember, that's 10 uh, random Upgrading or joining members will be chosen to receive a signed copy of Maniac of New York, signed by me. Ten will be chosen to get a real, original Dan McCoy drawing of your choice. It does not have to be Pregnant Sonic, but I know he just loves to. He just hey, loves the promise of new life. So, would so suggest that. You know, I would make a plea to you. So, so think to yourself, like, okay, this is a podcast I enjoy. Would I like 
a nice piece of art from them that I, I would enjoy uh, because it's a thing that I actually wanted? Or would I want to uh, indulge this this bit and then have a picture of pregnant Sonic in my home? A beautiful picture of pregnant Sonic that you can frame and hand down to your next generation in the future yeah. as part of your – or bequeath it to a museum. You know, maybe the the, the, the – that museum that Netflix did the show about that lost all those that all those paintings got stolen. Maybe they needed original mm-hmm. Dan McCoy pregnant Sonic <laughs> to replace the Rembrandt, a sea of Galilee yeah, like, that they lost. You could have you could have Dan draw like a lovely caricature of one of your loved ones, maybe somebody who's passed, but no. Instead, you're going to get Azar's big boy with a giant thrill like veiny dong hanging out of his overalls. <laughs> Uh, and I don't. that having that having, so ask if you get chosen, just be be sensible about what you actually want Dan to draw. Uh, probably a, a Sonic with a baby on the way. Uh, so the another thing I wanted to mention. This is something that uh, was announced a little bit earlier this week. Uh, that uh, and we may have reached these levels already. But uh, John Hodgman and I, co-hosts of iPodius, a podcast about I Claudius that we made as a result as a reward for reaching a number of. Uh, upgrading or joining members. We have a new thing that we are announcing for upgrading or joining members. If Max Fund reaches 25,000 new or upgrading or boosting or whatever members during this drive, we will do a podcast that we're currently calling The Taking of Podcast 123. Where John showed me I Claudius before. I'm showing him the original Taking of Pelham 123, my favorite movie. I've talked about it many times, and we're going to talk about it. If we reach 25,000 people, we will do a podcast episode about The Taking of Pelham 123. If we reach 28,000 by the end of the drive, 28,000 new and upgrading members, we will do a short miniseries uh, covering the entire Taking of Pelham 123 universe. That is every film of it, which there have been three different iterations, the 1974 three. remake, the 1974 original, the 2008, I believe, John Travolta, Denzel Washington, and the 1998 yes. TV movie with, I think oh. it's, uh, uh, it's Vincent D'Onofrio and, uh, Edward James Almost, I think, uh, and we'll also be talking about the original novel, uh, which I read for the first time during this quarantine, so it's very fresh in my mind. So that's the taking of podcast one, two, three. If we reach, that we do a special episode. If we reach twenty five thousand newer upgrading members, and we'll do a whole little mini series. If we do get each twenty eight thousand, so yeah, you got you got your Edward James almost, Vincent D'Onofrio, Donnie Wahlberg, Richard Schiff, and Lorraine Bracco. And it was that. entirely yeah. shot, I think, in Canada. So it does not look like New York, unlike the other two versions. Man, I can't we'll wait to see which to uh, which cast members you're going to get for that one. Yeah, uh, well, I don't know that we're going <laughs> to... Well, I don't know. We could try it. Anyway, uh, so there's a lot of good reasons to join. But most of all, we just want to say thank you. Uh, whether you feel like you can join this year or not, we really appreciate it. Thank you to our longtime staying at the same level supporters. Your support is also really appreciated. Really thankful for it. Really grateful for it. You're keeping the lights uh, on. And Yes, very much so. And that's MaximumFun.org slash join. Closing out another beautiful MaxFun drive. We'll see you again next year, but also next week with our North episode. (laughs) (laughs) See ya. For the Flophouse, I've been Dan McCoy. I've been Stuart Wellington. Beep, boop, bop, bop, Elliot Kalin. This is how I do songs now, Elliot Kalin with beeps. (laughs) And boops, electronic Galen. Bye. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned, audience supported.